After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast recording. It's on a Monday night after the Kings have all of a sudden won four in a row. Ooh. It wasn't easy tonight against a Memphis Grizzlies team that was down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 11 players. Yes, you heard that right. 11 players missed tonight's game. They had eight active players, including one player who they called up from the Memphis Hustle today. And they got off to a nice start against the Sacramento Kings. In fact, outscored Sacramento 33-18 to in the first quarter. The Kings had to grind their way to a win. In fact, did not take their first lead until the third quarter. Wow. Ended up closing well. Memphis did not score in the final three minutes. And the Kings were able to hang on and get a victory. Even if it was ugly, a win 103-94. to Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends of our Northwest Exteriors. Check out their website, TrustNorthwest.com. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? I am fantastic that the Kings finished off with the W. Yeah. Um, besides that, hey, I'm just, I'm good on this Monday. But okay, like, let, let me just, I want to talk about tonight's game, about how I went in going in. Oh, the game. please. I, as I saw all the injuries mount up for the Memphis Grizzlies, I went, there's just... No way. Like, this will be a stress-free game. I was telling more. I'm like, this is easy. Like, this is one of those games. I'm not trying to be cocky, but, like, look, Memphis has, like, eight healthy guys right now. And I was looking at the list. I went, oh, Scotty Pippen Jr., I've called his G League game. Oh, Jacob Gilliard, 
I've called his G League game. Matt Hurt, I've called his G League game. All those players are playing significant minutes. And I went, easy W. But of course, it's the NBA. And it's the Sacramento Kings, so it wasn't easy. Morgan was offended by how I was approaching tonight's game. Offended. I was. I w- and as I should be, <laughs> because that approach is unacceptable. And that approach seem to be yeah. the same approach that some of these Sacramento Kings players might have. You think they had. had that approach? I don't even think it was the approach of cocky, we got this win in the front of their minds. I'm sure that was at the back of their minds. And when that even lingers at all, anywhere on the mind, it can alter the way that you go into a game, the way that you play. It. I'm not sitting here acting like it is easy on the road going into a game being like oh cute we're gonna play a whole bunch of g-leaguers all right let's get this shit done like that mentality is still like we need to get this shit done let's go let's do the right things but already if that is even on your mind then your game plan has shifted in one way or another as an individual and i felt like mentally the game plan have shifted mostly shifted in almost all the players except like domas sabonis Sabonis was outstanding in this game. We'll dive deeper into what he did, but he did set or at least tie a franchise record for most rebounds in a game. He had 20 points, 26 rebounds, tying Chris Webber, who had 26 points along with 50, excuse me, 26 rebounds along with 51 points in an overtime loss to the Indiana Pacers back in the day. Um, Yeah, tonight was just bizarre. I, I felt like... I think we do this sometimes where we go, hey, man, they they didn't take this team serious, blah, blah, blah. I do think sometimes when you're faced with circumstances like the Kings face tonight, you may try some shit that you don't normally try because you're looking at the, and it's not even like a disrespect thing. It's like subconsciously you're just like, oh, that's not Desmond Bain in front of me. I'm going to try this. And it's, it's a huge mistake because one, the league is more talented than it's ever been. There's a lot of talent in the G League, too, and so it shouldn't matter. Two, the one thing that Taylor Jenkins' teams do, they play hard. Yep. It doesn't matter. Like, they can have guys missing. They've had guys missing before tonight. Now, this was the extreme when you have 11 key players out, but they're going to play hard, and they have something to play for. Yeah, it may sound cliche, but it's really not. If you're Matt Hurt today... You have never played an NBA game in your life. And two hours before the game, you get a call and say, hey, you're not playing for the Memphis Hustle tonight. You're signing a 10-day contract. Welcome to the NBA. And oh, by the way, uh, we're going to need you to play tonight. He played 23 minutes in his NBA debut. That's the Grizzlies are down bad. So you know what Matthew, Matt Hurt's going to do? He's going to go out there and go, this is my moment. Yep. I just scored 35 points in my last G League game. I'm averaging 25 a game in the G League. I was there last year. This is my chance to go try and do something out there. Jacob Gilliard, I'm like a fringe guy that's trying to get more minutes. I want more. Scotty Pippen Jr., I got a two-way deal. I want a guaranteed deal. These guys are going to come out and play, and you have to have the right focus. You can't just be dismissive. And- even if it's subconscious. By the way, G League players, yeah. too. I mean, we watch a lot of G League basketball, and there is a lot of talent. There are a lot of veterans. There are a lot of fresh new players. There are a lot of players, basketball players around the world that understand what type of opportunity it can yep. be being in the G League. So 
there are good players there. And I think sometimes when we talk about, hey, G-leaguers coming up, you still notice a difference when you see G-leaguers versus uh, NBA players. But on nights like this, when it's a combination of a whole bunch of players that are really being like, okay, we want to take advantage of this opportunity and play disciplined basketball yeah, under yeah. Taylor Jenkins. Understand, like, we're not just going to go out there and jack up a whole bunch of shots because we don't have anything to prove except trying to battle and get a good team win. And you felt that tonight. Yeah, if you're one of those guys, it's about making winning plays, yes. not trying to get a whole bunch of buckets. <clears throat> Are you in the right spots defensively? Are you making the right plays offensively? Are you taking the right shots? Are you passing at the right time? So for those players, it's super important. So on the other side, for the Kings, they're clearly a team that should have just, they should have just coasted to a win tonight if you're locked in. But that's the thing with this team. Let's be honest about it. And we've seen it. We saw it in close games, right? Where they have these, excuse me, in games where they're up big and it turns into a close yes. game. Why? Because they stopped running their stuff. Tonight wasn't that they weren't running their stuff. I just felt like the passes, a little too loose with the ball. Like, I, I just felt like the decision-making, they had some awful turnovers early in this game. They end up tonight with 19 turnovers that turned into 22 points. But 12 of those turnovers came in the first half, and some of them were just so, so, ugly. so careless. So ugly. Keegan had some that I'm like, what are you doing? Like, leaving your feet and passing it in the air to yeah. a Memphis Grizzly player. Um, also, in really quick, too, I just, because this note, I didn't want it to leave me. When you were talking about subconsciously some of these players going up against some of these guys, I think this is even where that plays a part. They go, this guy is Scottie Pippen Jr. He's giving me this much space. I'm going to try taking this shot on him. Yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. is only this tall. I'm going to try making this jump pass on him. And the jump pass would be like, cute, lazy, try to get there, and it would turn into a turnover because what that player on the Memphis Grizzlies was trying to do was get that steal, was making sure that their hands were in the passing lane. Like, every single play, there was effort out there by the Grizzlies, and the Kings weren't matching that with the way that they were, with their energy on that end of the floor, which leaned into a lot of different turnovers the one that was just brutal to me i mean it's not just the one right there's many yeah. turnovers tonight but uh barnes had just tied the game or excuse me cut it to two at 85 83 at the 759 mark of the fourth quarter then malik malik monk has a steal and he's on the break and you're like yeah all right push he some for some reason goes behind the back with the dribble and throws a bad pass steal and you're going, these are the plays that crush you. Now, luckily, the Kings got the ball back because <laughs> Memphis was sloppy with it. But it was, it's what Morgan was just talking about, trying things that you probably shouldn't try no. in these situations. And that's like for this team, going back to what I was saying, where, all right, when you got big leads, don't look at the clock and see four minutes. Mm -mm. Just play your game. Just play the game. Just play with pace. Get the same ball movement. Play your game. It's the same thing when you're taking on a an undermanned team or a team that you go, I don't, we're Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, John Moran, uh, Stephen Adams, all these guys are out. What, what are we? Like, we're just going to do our thing. If you have that approach, it comes back to sting you. Now, that was with the turnovers. I also thought, like, why I was even concerned at halftime when we were on NBC Sports California talking about it was, like, they were just missing so many open shots. Harrison Barnes, I think all of his threes were open. He missed him. The Kings were at the half 
just awful from three. They were three of 19 from three-point land at the half, and they were down three. I mean, you have 12 turnovers, you're three of 19 from downtown, and you're down three at the mm-hmm. half. I'm like, they're fine. They just need to clean their shit up. So what do you know? They knocked down a few more threes. It wasn't great. They mm-hmm. end up on the night 11 of 38 from downtown, but the Grizzlies could not manufacture much offense, right? They missed a lot of shots because of all the guys that were missing. And Sacramento, although sloppy, not uh, sloppy with the ball. It just t- took some more execution. So I thought tonight it, it felt like it was a combination of being too loose with the turnovers and missing some great looks. I do want to explore that for a second too with the missed looks because something you brought up was, okay, at what point do you just have to, I understand you want to keep shooting threes when they're open. Like a great looks, so you don't go away from right. what your offense is, but at what point do you have to, put the ball on the floor yep. and attack. And I, they did a little bit of that in the second half, but not a lot. I'm not even saying put the floor, put the ball on the floor and attack the rim. I am saying put the ball on the floor, shot fake, one dribble. Mid-range. Mid-range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mid-range baseline. And I, and I say this because someone like Harrison Barnes, for example, uh, when, what did he, he finished two for 10 from beyond the arc. When he was O for whatever, I think it was like O for nine or some, or I'm not O for nine, uh, you, whatever. It was uh, He might have been O for nine from downtown. He might have been O for 10 to start. I mean, he finished two of 10 from beyond the arc. Either way, it was, it was just, it wasn't good. And I was telling you, yeah. that's what I was trying I to say. I was bo- like, you know what I just realized? I was doing the math in my head and <laughs> I was like, wait, are that you? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I just add the two makes, yeah. I was like, wait, am You're I right. reading the stats wrong? Okay, so anyway, whatever he was at that point, he was <laughs> oh. O for whatever. There's a turnover for Deuce and Mo. That major miss. Yeah, yeah. Like, take the jump shot. And I was, I was telling Deuce, I'm like, he's just got to see the ball go through the net. And it wasn't like, hey, get, get yourself a layup, but you post up on somebody, that type of game. It was no, like the way that these, some of these Grizzly players would have run him off the line. If he had just shot fake, they would have, they would have gone. They would have gone. And I want the defense to react a little bit. I know you're getting good shots, but you're not knocking them down. Go ahead and put the ball on the floor. Make the defense rotate. This is also a team that has a whole bunch of new guys playing together. So the communication on defense could break down, right? Even if they're playing hard, it's the same thing offensively where, you know, guys are going to be in weird spots. Like, Matt Hurt hasn't spent any time at all playing with Jaron Jackson. Mm-mm. So there's going to be weirdness going on when if they're both out there at the, the same time. Same thing defensively. So make them think a little bit. And I, I think the Kings let them off the hook a lot tonight. And Agreed. luckily, they were able to escape with a win because they just have more firepower and they are the better team. They win 103-94. to 94. Yeah, and I also thought, you know, going on still talking about some of the threes that were being taken, the catch-and-shoot threes, yep. uh, De'Aaron Fox, you know, he was one for four, right? I really thought he did a much better job of being like, okay, once he wasn't making them in the beginning of the game, he goes... I'm going to start doing what I do best. And it was attacking. It was going downhill. And whenever he gets back into that, I I think he gets it. But how he leads through his actions are absolutely incredible. And how it is contagious for everybody out there. And I say it's contagious. It's not like, oh, if he's putting the ball on the floor, I'm going to put the ball on the floor and attack. No, it just makes the defense have to think and adjust so much more when he starts doing that consistently. And so I was glad when he started to get to that, that's also when we started seeing 
more threes taken in rhythm and guys like actually looking like uh like they weren't hesitating and they were they looked like they were using their legs a lot more there was just so much more to the three pointers when they were being made and honestly i thought they could have pushed the pace more earlier in the game i felt like it, they didn't do it enough the one that happened in the fourth quarter was just outstanding that push he had in transition when he had that spin mm. move and took it uncontested to the rim yes yes that yes. was explosive from De'Aaron Fox he had 23 points he did on 8 of 14 uh, the Sacramento Kings shot 10 free throws tonight all by De'Aaron Fox he missed four he had this good run he made 15 of 16 he missed four tonight six of 10 no one else got to the free throw line that is insane to me well especially someone like Domas Sabonis who was Come getting on. just knocked in the face you're telling still. me he did not get one free I, throw attempt that I, it's absurd I don't ever want to be one of those like people when I when I see other teams and they have these star players and they're like where's the whistle where's the whistle because they're so used to like bitchy ass calls and with Sabonis there's some that are just like so obvious when he's getting knocked in the face or something and I'm like okay that's really not going to be called or he's getting you know thrown down on his arm or whatever it may be and so yeah it was strange to see that they only attempted 10 free throws and they were all by De'Aaron Fox when the Grizzlies uh, attempted 28 free throws and they made 21 of those. And that's kind of what kept them afloat too is the fact that they're able to knock down some. They, like you mentioned, they missed seven free throws, 21 of 28. Memphis shot 37% in this game and 36% from beyond the arc, 13 of 36 for them. The Kings did make them pay off their turnovers. They had 14 that turned into 22 points. Yeah. Um, just a weird game. Just a bizarre game. Uh, the Kings were great in the paint. 56 points in the paint. Yep. But I think they could have gotten far more attempts in the paint. I, I don't think they explored that enough. And that goes to what we were saying. It, it felt like they were jacking up some threes because they were open instead of going, you know what, let's attack. Like, they can't stop us. I think at the half, too, Sacramento had 32 points in the paint. They were 16 of 21 in the paint. Like They had 18 points in the first quarter, Sacramento. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you. I'm going in reverse order here. Sacramento had 18 points in the first quarter. They were all in the paint in the first quarter. I, I felt like they went away from that. And it's like, no, just attack. I know the three is going to be there. But if you can attack the paint, it's going to open up everything else. And maybe you get to the line more. It's not just De'Aaron Fox shooting free throws. So, yeah. It just, it, it felt like some people wanted to jack up some threes. And then even in the mid-range, though, you know, looking at someone like, Keegan tonight. Poor Keegs. He, Keegan ha Keegan he did was not bad. have a good night tonight. It was just like, it's one of those nights where you could just be like, that was a bad game. And What I, was going on with some of the, the decision making? Well, and that's that's why I'm saying. It. It's like, I, we've, we've seen him have bad shooting nights. We've seen him have, um, you know, uh, softer nights. This was, it felt like shooting, softness, and sloppiness. It felt like a combination. And I feel like with his shooting... It was soft. And when I say that, I saw the way that he would go into a jump shot and it didn't feel like that nice, crisp, strong jump shot that we were seeing him do over some of these better teams where tonight just felt like a little bit lazy, slower, and just like not an all in one motion or whatever. So yeah, I don't know if that was a mindset thing, if there was something going on, um, but I'm going to say no, it was just a bad night. It was the first time in a while that he looked like a young player in the league to me. <laughs> I, you know, I just went, whoa, what? This is unlike him because he has been 
pretty consistent. Yeah. You know, and it's not always scoring 20 every night, but I'm like, hey, he's good to get you 16 a night probably. He's been doing a better job on the glass, and what he's done defensively this year mm. has been outstanding. But tonight he finished with five points. He's two of seven shooting, one of four from three. And you knew it was a bad night because he only played 24 minutes. And I, I think Brown liked what he was getting more from Troy Lyles in those minutes. And yeah. the other thing with Keegan, too, is like, oh, the shooting is one thing. But I think the thing that pops out when you looked at him tonight was the four turnovers. You know, De'Aaron Fox, if he has four turnovers, you don't like that number. He's got the ball a lot. So bonus, when he's got those five turnover games, you're like, come on, man, stop with the illegal screens. Or that was the pass that was yes. worth throwing. So bonus has the ball a lot. Or Malik Monk, it takes some high risks sometimes. And he has some sloppiness. Keegan's not handling a lot. It's like Keegan had the ball for a second. It's like he had a in the fourth quarter a cross court pass that's that was one. really bad. That you're like, you, that's just not a pass you you should make. It in was that very situation. Com- his decision yeah. making was very confusing. Like it just wasn't crisp tonight. Yeah, yeah. And and it happens. I'm not saying oh my god I'm worried about it, but it's just um, just wasn't yeah, crisp. It just wasn't so or mature. With all that said, there's all this like oh, tonight, and you're like, well, they they were still able to get the win. They are 27 and 18. All of a sudden, they're nine games above 500. Before we Love get to Sabonis, I do want to mention Kevin Herter tonight because we focused on a lot of like this was bad. This oh. uh, I thought Kevin Herter was really good in this game. I love the way that he was moving without the basketball, with the basketball in transition. I agree. He was a good example of a player that I thought wasn't just relying on the three. And he was making sure that if he had the opportunity to attack the paint, he was going to do so. And Kevin Herter tonight had 17 points. He had four rebounds. He had three assists and two steals along with a block. He did on seven of 15 shooting, but eight of his 17 points came in the paint. In the paint for Mm. Kevin Herter. I like seeing that. He was four of seven in the paint. You don't always see that from uh, Red Velvet. So it was good to see him uh, be active. And I'm happy that he's stringing together some product. He's becoming more consistent, which is great to see. It's so great to see because, I mean, what made them so good last year was multiple people being able to be productive and everyone being able to do something in their role and people would have their off nights and then come back in on a different night and be better or uh, contribute in one place or another. And it felt like Kevin Herter in his slump. So many people were just like, Oh, this is, this is who he is now. Well, because who he is, well, you know why Morgan, because, why? Uh, it was a 30-game slump, but you know? That, and so when you have a chunk of season that's that long, people get concerned, and it's fair. Uh, it's, it's fair. Totally, it, because cons- most slumps are like... Stop. It, the concern is completely fair. Yeah. Is absolutely, completely fair. I am not denying it. Cool. I was concerned. My only thing is, I just... For a lot of people, I mean... And especially for people that have been athletes in their life, like, I don't know, have you, did you never, did, or even some that played at high, higher levels, like, did you never have, like, an entire season slump? Like, I did. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, is this me? Is this me? And it's a whole waste of a year and everything, and you're just, like, you miss out on opportunities and all these things. And there are some NBA players that also have, an entire season like that. Like I I can't say because I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to recall um but like someone like Julius Randle, you know, who 
saw the season when he was shooting lights out from three, had a fantastic season, and then he had the down year, right? And he was still playing okay basketball, but it wasn't to what he was playing. And my point is, with someone like Kevin Herter, it's like he had a major slump, but I truly feel like some people were like, this is who he's going to be the rest of his career. That's yeah. where I, that's sure. that's my point of being like, that is just weird to me. I, I just, I also go, people thought that about De'Aaron Fox when he had that stretch too. They act like that's who he is now. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it's the conversation around how we look at teams when they go through fongs or players gets extreme and you start questioning everything. And I think there's also a thing in Sacramento where, when you have had 16 years uh, straight of bad basketball and there's that one year, in the back of your head, you're going, was last year fluky? Oh, this is kind of weird. So then you go, I know Kevin was good last year, but then he had the stretches where he was and the playoffs wasn't good. Now he's doing this. And so it's stringing together and people had some legit concerns and he looked shook. Yeah. Now, what I love is the fact that he got out of this. Yes. And I don't know how he got out of it. And it's not just making shots because that's the thing. The shot's going to come and go for players. That's the one thing with, with sports is like, or with basketball is you got to fight through that stuff and make sure you have impacts in other ways. I think Kevin has done a much better job of doing the other things, making sure he's more involved. And I think they've kind of tried to do more what they did last year too. Like that's Mike Brown adjusting a little bit. That, that I, is I think huge. that's, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden HB's getting more looks mm -hmm. and Herder's getting more looks. I think... They tried a lot of new stuff this year because they feel like they need to to be ready for the playoffs. Which is fair. But I also think they went, okay, we gotta like we gotta dial it back a little bit and make sure we're still having these guys involved. And it's not just, hey, let's run the same stuff. It's we know Keegan is going to have more of a role, but we still need to get Kevin his and we yes. still need to find HB his. We need to get their confidence up and their engagement it's up. What made us? What made us great? Right. Or what made us play this style of basketball that had this historic year? Go back to that, and going back to that, you can still evolve from where that was at. And I think they were trying to change instead of evolve. And now you're seeing it evolve again, where guys are like you're saying, getting included, feeling included, and it is translating into winning basketball next guy we gotta talk about morgan who the rock and soul player of the game oh who's that who do you think it is Domas sabonis. hey Domas sabonis 20 points tonight he had 26 rebounds was which tied a franchise record he also had five assists he did it on 10 of 11 shooting dude 10 of 11 shooting 20 points, 26 rebounds, a rock and soul player of the week, player of the week, player of the day. Make sure to go over to Rock and Soul Diner. Just six blocks from Golden One Center. Why? Because it's amazing. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Oh, you want breakfast at 3 p.m.? Go get it at Rock and Soul Diner. It's amazing. If you go during a Kings game, make sure to tell them, hey, I heard about you on the Do Some Mo podcast. It's a good spot to watch a Kings game or go before or after a Kings game when they're in town. All right, let's talk about Demonis Sabonis for a second, Morgan. Let's do it. I know we've discussed his presence before, but this guy tonight mm -hmm. was just a menace. I mean, we're doing breakdowns on TV on him tonight, and I'm just in awe of what he was doing. And... 
it's nothing new. It's what he does every night. He plays so hard. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So hard. And when you're when one of your best guys plays that way, I brought the example up tonight. You have hustle guys over the years that fans fall in love with. You know, and those guys, you're always like, yeah, you just have a soft spot for them because they do the dirty work. They go rebound. Maybe they block some shots. Maybe they dive on the floor for a loose ball. Sabonis is an all-NBA player, but he still does the dirty work. He's still down there getting physical. I mean, he had a play tonight where he got back, got vertical to contest a shot, got a rebound, then pushed in transition on the break, dish at the barns, easy bucket. He does that all the time. And then it's falling on the floor. He gets back up, gets an offensive rebound put back. He plays hard all the time. And I felt like he's a great example of a guy that doesn't give a shit who's on the floor around him. That guy plays one speed all the time. It doesn't matter if he's going against Jokic or Embiid. Mm-mm. It doesn't ma- ma- matter if he's going up against Derek Lively, a young player. He's going to go and do his best to attack the glass and rebound his ass off and play hard. I love that guy. And like you said, it is truly contagious. And I think he is someone that is so fun to watch because we have seen his game grow just in these uh, this these couple of years. Yep. And... Even this season, you're seeing it grow. And how are you seeing it grow? Oh, not because he is getting more rebounds or whatever. You're seeing it grow because he's keeping his emotions under control. He plays with so much passion. You know how hard it is when you're a passionate person to just reel it back in? I couldn't do it. I could not. I would lose my shit. I would punch someone in the face, on the floor, whatever I need to do. He gets hit in the face, rails it in, tries to keep his cool. And him learning how to do that has only made him a better player because it's kept him in the game. It's kept him focused on, okay, going back down on the other end, I'm not just going to make some stupid foul. I'm going to still play with my chest and not with my hands. Okay, on the next end down. Like, he is thinking. He is engaged. He is focused. I just love that he's been able to also take that part of his game to the next level. That reminds me, The Athletic did a piece with him, a Q&A, yes. Sam Amick, our buddy, sat down with Sabonis and talked about kind of his approach to the offseason. And I thought it was interesting because the first line of the article says, Damana Sabonis is slightly paranoid. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this about? And it was just his mindset where he never gets content with where he is at in his game. His quote, I always feel the way. Sabonis told The Athletic with a self-aware chuckle in a recent phone interview, my wife doesn't like my my mentality all the time, but I'm always thinking that way. Not of worst case scenario, but like, what if it ended today? Or what if this or that happened? I've got to do the most with this time. He says, there's a, a lot of work to get in. I know the numbers may show otherwise, but I feel like there's so much left where I can help my teammates on the court and win games. That's exciting as a player. Like, if I work on this and I could do this in that situation, then it's going to help the team. I'm always thinking of that. Like, oh, I love that shit. There's you just in really quick, just before you get to something else, because this entire article is yeah. amazing. But it's this goes with anything in life. If you are working with someone that is passionate, it's in your your team, your department, your partner, whatever, and you are that person is passionate and wants to get better and better and grow and grow. That 
becomes contagious. It is a form of leadership that allows someone to lead truly, again, through their actions. The other thing that stood out to me in this piece, Doug Christie's name was mentioned eight times in the article. And he spent the summer in Napa with Demonis Sabonis, and they also went to LA together. But Doug pretty much relocates to Napa to spend the offseason. And I thought Sam did a great job asking Sabonis about what Doug means. He says, with Doug, it's very natural. We could be ourselves. He's been a player. I respect him as a player and a person. So it really just flows easily. And Doug is crazy with this method. So every day was a different crazy drill. People saw what I was doing. They'd be like, what is this? Special type of finishes, dribbling exercise. Every day he would switch it up. So he would just keep it exciting and fun. So Sam's like, well, what were you guys doing? He goes, different finishes off one foot, off the wrong foot, having bands involved. He's just pushing me. I get bumped a lot when I go up. So it was learning how to finish in those areas. Mm. When I shoot, they're closing out or using a stick, one of those fluffy sticks hitting me on my legs because when you shoot, sometimes you get scared you're going to step on an ankle. So it's trying to block out all that and just focus on your shot. Sitting in chairs finishes with the right hand in a chair under the rim, which is really hard. Standing up in a chair and using heavy balls, big balls, small balls. Pause. Christy is in the, all that, and I really trust him. I just go with his flow and really try to learn. At the end of the day, you're feeling the ball. You get the control uh, of the ball. It depends how serious you take the exercise, if it's going to help us or not. So I went all in with Doug. This guy... He's an all-NBA player. He's on his way to being a four-time all-star. This guy wants to work and get better. I respect that. He's honest about himself. He knows, hey, I got to be better with my right. I got to shoot the ball better. And what has he done this year? He's got better at everything. 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 I mean, look at the way, again, he's talking about his mentality, the, making sure that he is blocking out coming down on someone's ankle and thinking about you know actually making the shot and then on top of that i mean you don't have to go over it but he also did talk about his body and what he's doing differently and how he cut out carbs completely and that's some of his favorite things croissants pasta all those things is that everyone's favorite thing like how do you cut out carbs ice cream and is it carbs or carbs or is ice cream carbs Probably, I'm sure, I'm sure carbs. whatever, no matter what, ice cream, carbs, yes, all of it, num, 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 num. How do you do that? I don't even know how that's physically possible. But um, he was talking about how being an undersized big, how important that is to find ways to be stronger and that he actually weighs more, but he's like 0% body fat, you know, no big deal. Yeah, and he says he feels lighter than ever. Yeah. He's definitely not feeling as fatigued out there. So I thought it was an interesting piece, and... Yeah, I mean, it's good. I'm glad that came out, too, because I think I think he gets voted in. I do think he gets voted in as a reserve, but it's weird to even have that question. You know, there's always that in the back of your head. Last year, he made it. This year, it feels... Remember, last year, he got voted in. Fox did not. Yes. Right? Yeah. So Fox ended up being a replacement on the All-Star team. We'll get some more of that because that gets announced... Uh, Thursday, Thursday, and we got to get to the poll question and preview that. We also have to look ahead to the Kings' next game against the Miami Heat, where some people call them, hey, they're the Miami Cold. They've lost seven in a row, right? Do said that on post game. You mean the Miami freezing cold, huh? Freezing cold. Anyway, tonight's podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. You don't want your house to be freezing cold, right? Facts. 
And the wintertime, you're like, why, why is it so cold? Probably because your right, windows. Because your windows probably suck, dude. That's what it is, all right? In the summertime, you're like, God, oh, it's just so hot here. Just can't keep in this air that I have cranked up. Because your windows. Your windows probably suck. So you go to the experts over at Northwest Exteriors because, one, they've been around a long, long time. Everybody's worked there for years and years and years. Why? It's a family atmosphere, man. It's a, They're local. They don't subcontract out to some Southern California company, you go to their showroom, you check out the windows. They come to your house, measure stuff, and boom, you've got energy-efficient windows that will increase the value on your home, keep your energy bills down, and you're going to have some safety. It just feels nice to have good windows. So don't mess around, Morgan Reagan. Go to NorthwestExteriors.com. Why? Because they're simply the best. Trust Northwest. You're so bad at getting the dent and then going. Let's try it one more time. Because they're simply the best. Trust Northwest. Or like Duke, what's Duke the dog say? Simply the best. Trust Northwest. Just like it. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, Morgan, let's get to the poll question hey. of the night. Will Fox and Sabonis oh. be all-stars oh. this year? The options, just Sabonis, just Fox, both, or neither. Oh, Morgan wants to show off this box. This is cool, a little lunch uh, box. Lunch box. A lot of pause moments tonight. Cool. Uh, this was a uh, box that the uh, lunch box that the Kings gave out to the media. They sent all over the country with Fox and Sabonis. How cool is that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm hoping both. I want both, but the only reason why I am like, I feel like it's going to be just Sabonis and then Fox is going to... I think about someone like Mike Conley, who for so many years wasn't an all-star, yeah. but like could have been, and then finally uh, was an injured reserve, whatever. There are so many good guards in the NBA, and I sometimes think market, narrative, all those things matter. And I think he's gotten a lot of love this year, but his January was down, and sadly, 
when shit like that happens and other people maybe are playing better basketball, it's going to be one of those things that people look at, even though I think they both absolutely are all-stars. Well, on the season, he's averaging 27 and a half points a game, 47% shooting, better be. um, 38.6% from three, 5.6 assists, 1.6 steals, four rebounds. His defense Dude, has been better than it's ever been. Ever. He's top five in deflections, but... Your point is right. I know. You know, someone like Devin Booker, who was not in the game last year, hey. does he get a nod, right? Yes. Like, you, Steph, I know the Warriors aren't playing well, but it's like, it's hard to imagine Steph Curry not getting voted in. He'll, like, be, he'll be in. He's going to get in. Yep. Okay, so now the, the spots are, uh, it's, it's Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Like, he's oh going to get. Oh, my God. So, like, th- this becomes tougher, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I think he's, he, if he didn't have that little slump uh, in January, maybe it's a no-brainer. Where now it's like, I don't know, man, the West. And all of a sudden, Devin Booker has like a 62-point game, a 44-point game. It's still a no-brainer yeah. to me personally. Um, and I, I I think he should be an all-star. I think that's what I'm to saying. me, the, the scoring is up. The Kings are in the fifth spot, but I'm just trying to think it. These are coaches who vote on this, right? That's, that's the other factor. The reserves point. are picked by the coaches. Mm-hmm. You can't vote for your own player. And they all game plan on how do you stop this guy? Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy won clutch player of the year last year because nobody could stop him at the end of games. Yeah. And then this year, sure, a few, a, a little slump in January. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I really, I, he deserves it. He's having an all-star year. The Kings are the fifth spot right now in the West. And that, in a and tough West. Some people, some people, that matters to them too. Are yeah. they winning? Is it, you know, like, it's not just individual player. Are they making other, play, or other teammates better? Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. My gut tells me only Sabonis is going to make it. I know. I think both should make it. Agreed. Because um, I think they're both having great years. They're both having career years. And the Kings, even though the West is tough, they're still in the, the fifth spot. They're still in it. They've had some really good wins. So uh, Sabonis, by the way, after tonight, averaging a tick under 20 points a game. He's averaging 13 rebounds in 7.9 assists. If you round it up, it's 20, 13, and 8. Jeez. I mean, come on. Jeez. So, pretty impressive stuff uh, to see um, both those guys having monster years. The poll question, though, was wondering who would make it. Um, 47% say Sabonis. Okay. 40% say both. Okay. Good. And I I mean, I'm sure... Pe- I don't... I. That's what's cool about this, too. This isn't one of those years where it's like, oh, Kings fans just really want to see their guys in there. It's like, no, no, no. Their yeah. their numbers back up why they deserve to be an all-star in this league. Well, yeah, to me, if when I'm looking at it, I go, numbers, wins, are they pretty consistent? Yeah, you're going to give it, like, if you look up and down, I'm not going to waste too much time talking about this, but, like, uh, the Lakers are 24 and 24. LeBron's in already. Okay, mm-hmm. of course. Of course. Anthony, da- have you seen Davis's numbers this year? They're crazy. The- but but do you go, you put two in for a team that's at 500 in, in the ninth spot? Market, narrative, yeah, all I mean, the above. He's, his, his AD's got all-star worthy numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, Dallas, you know, Luka, of course, is always going to get the love. Phoenix, 
you know, you it's, KD and Booker, there's two. It's so funny because the Clippers. Some of the, oh God, the Clippers. Yeah. Like, you know, you because even going to AD, Lakers in that ninth spot, and AD doing just tremendous, but the team not doing that great. And I think about someone like DeMarcus Cousins over the years when it was, he was doing tremendous as an individual, but the team was shit. Yeah. And so he could never really find his way into that all-star game, it seemed like, with the Kings. And you're just not going to have that same narrative when you're on a team like the Lakers. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So, I don't know. Well, we'll find out Thursday. We're going to have a live stream that day, 4 p.m. Pacific time-ish. When that's announced on TNT, we're going to be live at youtube.com slash at Deuce and Mo. And we will make sure to post a podcast reacting to the NBA All-Star Reserves that get announced. And hopefully you, you get a couple of Kings players in there. Please, 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 please. All right, next up, Morgan Reagan. Sacramento Kings long road trip that they're 3-0 on. Yes, yes. Continues Wednesday when they go to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat are in a major funk. Uh they are, but then is this the game that they figure it out? They've lost seven in a row. That's pretty, that's a major fun. Seven in a row. Their losses, I just want to make sure I'm looking at this right. Uh, they lost to the Raptors, 121-97. They lost to the Hawks by one. The Magic beat them by 18. Memphis got them by nine. The Celtics hammered them by 33, 143-110. They lost to the Knicks the other day, 125-109. to and they lost to the Suns by 13, 108 to 105. It really hasn't been that competitive. And uh, they made the trade for Terry Rozier, hopefully hoping that they can get a little juice from Rozier. Right now, during this stretch where they've lost seven in a row, they're just bad. I mean, it, they're near the bottom in offensive rating and defensive rating. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, to me, I don't. Look at them as a bad team. I, I think this is going to be a really tough game for the Sacramento Kings. Bam's out there. Tyler Hero's playing. Jimmy's playing. Rozier's playing. I know their depth isn't, like, sexy by any means, but th- those players I just named are problems. Yep. And you have to think at some point there's got to be a little desperation from the Miami Heat that Absolutely. they're going to have to wake up and get it going. And I have a feeling that they're going to come prepared to take on a Kings team on Wednesday. Yeah, on their home floor. Um all the names you just mentioned, why why wouldn't I think that okay, the reason why I say this, I feel like a lot of teams somehow figure it out against the Sacramento Kings sure. at times. Like we we have seen until until I see just pure dominance from the Kings uh in games like this, then I will believe and be like, okay, no, Kings can keep their losing streak going. I don't feel that confident in that, but I hope that they can just prove me wrong. Um, I hope that the desperation from the Miami Heat doesn't take over because even what the Memphis Grizzlies gave tonight with wasn't desperation, but what it was was pure yep. effort, opportunity, all those things combined. It was like, here, we're not going down easy. In fact, we're planning on winning with the Miami Heat and those those names, that roster, why why wouldn't that be it? They're going to bring it. And that's where Sacramento better be locked in. You, 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 From the start. You start playing loose with the ball against Miami, it's over. 
you're done. You're getting crushed. They're going to run you out of the gym by 15, 20 points. Mm. So I'm, I'm actually really excited for this game because it's, it's a team that can play you tough, that they can be physical. Like it's a good test for Sabonis to go head to head with Bam. Yep. You know, Jimmy's probably going to get some touches on De'Aaron Fox a little bit. How's that going to look? How's Keegan Murray going to deal with the physicality that Miami is capable of playing with? These are all things that like I'm interested in seeing coming up on Wednesday. And then you, you play the Pacers on Friday. It's going to be a fun week. Dude, Pacers on Friday. And then, I mean, Tyree should be I back too. to go ahead, but the Bulls, it's a yeah. back-to-back Bulls on Saturday. But yeah, if Tyrese is back, I mean, you're still on the road. Miami is a very important game to win. <laughs> and that's so funny that I'm even saying that. I just go, I look at this win streak and I know we can keep going back to the what if. What if they had beat the Suns? What if they had beat Milwaukee? And what this win streak would even look like? And what their confidence would even look like? And so I just hope that now that they're at four games, that they can continue against a Miami Heat team that has struggled against every type of team, the bad teams, the good teams in this league. And you're just hoping that the Kings can prove that they're one of the better teams to take care of business. Come out swinging. Yep. I mean, to me, that's where I know it sounds so cliche, but honestly, get off to a good start. Punch them early, you know, because when a team's lost seven in a row, I don't know, you want them to start questioning things. You want want Jimmy Butler to be grumpy and start pouting and go, whatever, I'll wait till the playoffs start to, to wake up. Like, go, yeah. Hand them their eighth consecutive win. They play with the Wizards after that. They can go snap this, the win, the losing streak against the Wizards. I like that. So go do out that. there, hit them first. <laughs> Show it. Show oh, them what you can do. That got me pumped. Uh, let's hear from a, a couple of people from tonight. Uh, Demonis Sabonis after the game. I If this is the right comment, this is when he talked to us post-game. Here's what he had to say about the win against Memphis. It was the game we had to win. Um, it was one of those tough ones that... Uh, we just didn't come out uh, locked in as, 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 as we should have. You know, it's uh, kind of unacceptable, but um, we found a way to win, you know, and uh, that's the most important thing. I love that answer. Love it. Was that after my question? Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I just like that he was like, yeah, that was unacceptable. Because it was. It was. And the fact that he was saying that after a win with so much confidence, like, yup, good. I asked him after the game about uh, his rebounding. You had 26 rebounds. You tied Chris Webber for the most rebounds in Sacramento Kings franchise history tonight. I just, how do you do that? What, what's the skill to being the best rebounder in the league? I mean, my teammates helped. We missed a lot of shots today. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely made it easier. Um, but, you know, you, you know, um, they had a lot of guys out, you know, and um, just trying to go out there and just be more aggressive. Man, if I was the best rebounder in the league, you would not hear the end of it. What would you? Be, what would your answer be? Uh, you have to set me okay. up. Okay. Um, you had 26 rebounds tonight. <laughs> Deuce, what's it like being the best rebounder in the league? Man, what a responsibility it is. I just go out there every night with an approach that I'm going to get this ball. And no one's going to take it from me. Just get out of my way. It's mine. The rock is mine. And I just like to think that I have magnets in my hands, and it's just going to grab the ball. Hey, Deuce, we really got to go. Thanks for your... Oh, one more thing. One more thing. Don't get near me. I will push you out of the way, and I'm getting the rebound. All right, Deuce, we've run out of time, and we really got to go. A couple more things. I had 26 rebounds tonight. Note something. You could say I tied Chris Weber. 
Chris Weber had five extra minutes. And you know what he did? He lost in overtime to the Indiana Pacers that night. I did this in like four quarters. How many minutes did I play? How many minutes did I play, Morgan? I played 38 minutes. Chris Weber probably played 50 in that game. Hey, Deuce, Mike Brown is calling you in the back. He really wants to talk to the team. You got to go. I'll see you later. (laughs) Uh, Kevin decided he was going to be the one to rave about Sabonis after the game, though. The the impressive thing with Domas is he, he plays hard every single night, 82 games. He wants to be on the court. He really sets a tone for us uh, on both sides of the ball. Just his energy, you know, the way he talks to guys, trying to will us to victories. And uh, a night like tonight where we weren't at our best, obviously, and he comes away with 26, 20, and 26. Like, that's just a dominant performance by uh, by a guy that we needed it tonight, obviously. And he's just he's available and he's dominant every night. Nailed it. I mean, truly. Love it. That it's I, What fun. It is to have a teammate like that. Fun. So fun. The right attitude. The, 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 he's thirsty for it all. Hungry for it all. You know, thirsty like, and hungry. all of it, all of it. Like he just wants more. He's probably hungry because he's not even eating carbs, you know? Um, but truly it's just that shit bleeds into a culture into an entire team, and you're just lucky even on a night like this when you're playing some shit basketball as a team that you have someone like that out there. In the chat, Tyler wants to know, so I know this wasn't a uh, fog machine win, but was it a clap that ass win? <laughs> you know, it was not a clap that ass win. Tonight did not qualify as they clapped. They didn't clap that ass. Clap that ass. <laughs> So weird. Uh, let's get to some final thoughts, Morgan Reagan. Yeah. Give me your final thoughts after tonight. Um, final thoughts. You found a way to get the win. A win is a win. I'll take it. Um, but I need to see some better basketball in this next game. Not just because it's against a better team, a better team that is losing. Um. But I think just for yourselves on the road and knowing that after that Wednesday game, you're going into a back-to-back. You need to make sure that you have the right type of basketball under your belt so you can consistently bring that forward for the rest of the road trip. My final thought on this game is simple. We're over halfway through the season. It's almost the all-star break. It's been bumpy at times for the Kings. They've won four in a row. Tonight was ugly. It was hideous. No one's going to look back at this game and go, this was a masterpiece. But they're going to wonder, what was a Sharif Jewelers moment of the game that we almost forgot to get to? Oh. You know what the Sharif Jewelers moment of the game was before we get to my complete final thought? Yeah, what? It has to be Mike Brown challenging a play like 44 seconds into this game. I thought it was an accident. I, I still think it was an accident. The ball... Look like it may have been deflected off a Grizzlies player. Nonetheless, move on. Who cares? Keep playing. They called a timeout and challenged that? It, it set an ugly tone for this game, but I also think it defines this game. That's, because it was that ugly. And, of course, they lost the challenge because the basketball gods are not going to allow you to no. challenge something that early on that type of play. Mm-mm. What? So let's, we're going to note that the Sharif Jewelers moment of the game, a 103-94 win over Memphis. Mike Brown challenge 
at like 11, what? What was the official time of that? 11, 11, 11, 12 of the first quarter. Okay. And we're going to note Memphis was down 11 players. And note Domas, 26 rebounds. Uh, Palais. 26 rebounds. Perfect. Oh, and Okay, that's our Sharif Jewelers moments of the game. Goes into the Sharif Jewelers moment jar. We're, we're going to put some fake jewels on the top and make this yes. like the Depog. Um, I was going to say one more thing as you get to your final thought, just really quick, because our producer made this moment of the game on the post-game show, the Malik Monk to JaVale McGee lob, yeah. and I had to mention it, right? I said, you know, great. Glad the lob was there. It's always fun to see. But right after that, JaVale McGee gets a foul. And the only right. reason why I'm bringing that up is because I go, that too, there were so many moments like that in this game where I'm like, that defines this game. That defines, it was, it was never, nothing was ever just done beautifully. Until the final like two minutes when they hit like three consecutive shots. Oh, that, wow. And you got some stops. And that's when it mattered most. So good job on them. Yeah. It, the score, by the way, was Memphis's final bucket came at the 305 mark when David Roddy hit a shot to make it 95 94. Sabonis got a turnover after that. They missed a three. Fox scored 97-94, and the Kings just executed after that. That was that sweet Fox behind the back for the score Yep. in transition. Then Lyles hit a three. Sabonis capped off with a dunk, and then Fox made one free throw. They were able to win 103-94. And one more thing before yeah. you get to your final thought, because I didn't want to forget this. At the beginning of the show, a lot of people were commenting on your hair, and everyone thought you dyed it. And what? even someone said it was like, why did you dye it orange? And it made me laugh. But okay. then I didn't get to it because you got straight into basketball, and I was like. Wait, what? My hair looked orange? They said that it looked like you dyed it. That's weird. I don't know. I'll have to look back and see if it And then I orange. was wondering if my spray tan in the lighting was bouncing off, but I Maybe. didn't want to mention it, but your girl needed a spray tan. All right. Serious final thoughts. Yes. Actually, before I get to the final thoughts, you just going back <laughs> to your th thing on JaVale McGee. JaVale has a stretch where he, he gives you like two good games and then it goes back into like some bad habits out there. You mentioned that foul. He had a three-second violation. I, I don't know. I, I, I still think Alex Len deserves run, and I know it's a little different because – I think they like that Monk McGee lob threat, mm -hmm. which doesn't seem like he and Len have that same chemistry. I don't think Len has the best hands all the time. Um, but I don't, I just, I feel like Alex Len's a little more steady out there compared to JaVel. Yeah. McGee. There's too many of those mistakes from JaVel sometimes. And that was a little frustrating. Agreed. My final thought. Okay. For real this time. Um, yeah. There, I saw some people upset about tonight and I'm my final message to you, Ooh. you're not allowed to be upset with wins. Oh. You could vent about things like we did tonight about what went down. Like, what, what was what that approach? But we can't be, like, up in arms when they win a game. They got to clean some stuff up. They got to get better. And they got to they gotta approach the game a little different if you're going to be at the Miami Heat. But we can't be getting mad at wins. It just can't happen. Through the course of an NBA season, you're going to have ugly games. You want to find a way to win the ugly no games. No matter what. Kings lost some ugly games. You got to win the ugly ones. 
we're at a point in the NBA season, like I said, that weird shit starts to happen. Last night, Oklahoma City lost in Detroit to Ooh. the Pistons. Ooh. Right? The number one seed at the time lost. Minnesota lost to the Spurs. Oh. Weird stuff happens in the NBA season. But you have to find a way to get it done. And like Sabonis said post-game, I thought he nailed it. Some of the stuff was unacceptable tonight. But I'm glad we found a way to win. Yep. That's what you have to do. Clean up the mistakes. Don't accept in victory what you wouldn't accept in defeat. It's a saying that I'm not sure I've uttered before. I don't But ever. it's worth remembering. Mm. Don't accept in victory what you wouldn't accept in defeat. We'll be back live on Tuesday for a members-only Q&A for Patreon members at patreon.com slash deuceandmo. And then live for everybody. Wednesday following Kings and Miami Heat. And also live Thursday Ooh. afternoon. And then live. For the NBA All-Star announcement. And then live again on Friday and Saturday. We're live all week <laughs> long, baby. It's basketball season. We love you guys, but we gots to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. Thank you for being here. See ya. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.